see a great deal of myself in you. You can see beyond what people want. I don't think I'm like that. I... I couldn't do what you did and I know Miranda, I couldn't do something like that. You already did. Choice. No, no, you chose. You chose to get ahead. You want this life? Those choices aren't necessary. But what if this isn't what I want? I mean, what if I don't want to live the way you live? Oh, don't be ridiculous, Andrea. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants to be us. It's your girl Stella coming to you once again to talk about it all. Or should we talk about it all? It seems like lately talking gets people in trouble a little bit. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into that. You know, we're going to talk about it all today, guys. So I'm wondering, how is everybody doing? For those that have children, are your children in summer school or summer camp? Are you keeping your children at home? mine finished school yesterday and they've been at home and they're not going to go to summer camp they want to stay with me with mommy so you know we're going to try to gel it all and make it work so (laughs) speaking of children I guess I'm going to dive right into it right now. I was listening um, to Teresa and Melissa Feaster's podcast, you know, Namaste Bitches. And they were talking about children and moving out. And, you know, Teresa has four daughters. And she was saying basically that she does everything for her kids. And if you watch the show, you know that Teresa bends over back backward for her children, for her daughters. Um, ever since she started the show, actually, that's kind of why I liked Teresa back then. She was always like the silly friend who used to take her daughters with her and go shopping and, you know, dressing them like little dolls. It was just super adorable. So, but it was funny to hear Melissa Feaster say to Teresa, oh my gosh, you do this for your daughter? Like you buy her a car or you lease her a car and then you pay the car payment and the insurance and all of that. So it seems like Teresa has a lot on her plate financially. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like she has like small, small children, right? They're not working. So they kind of depend on you at that point. But once they get a little bit older, you know, I I, I get it. I get that she wants to still do things for them, right? But I don't think it's like, that's just my opinion. I think that, you know, she could probably say to Gia, Gia, you know, if you want that that car, maybe you can make the payments yourself. And if you can't afford the payments, maybe just get a car that you can't afford, right? It wouldn't be that big of a deal if she actually did say that to her daughter. So when she says, you know, it's like a lot on me because they all rely on me for this and for that. Well, it all depends, right? And it's not to criticize her parenting. Everybody can do whatever they want. I'm just giving you my opinion. But when it comes to that, I was surprised. I was just like, wow, okay, so Teresa does have a lot on her plate and her daughters do rely on her for a lot, right? And uh, Melissa was like, well, you know, my parents, they're like, go get yourself a job, right? And she was just kind of like super, not appalled, but shocked. She's like, you still take care of that for your kids? You still do that for your kids? You know what? I would say that as a parent, I'm neither like... Teresa or Melissa. I like a, you know, in between, I would say. I like when you give everything to your children uh, because, you know, just like her, I come from immigrant, like an immigrant parent. So 
my mom was just like, okay, it's all about like sacrificing for your kids, right? But at the same time, you sacrifice for them, but you don't want to spoil them either, right? So it's important to instill the value of working and like getting up in the morning and getting a job. And, you know, although now people don't necessarily get up to get a job, sometimes they can just do that job from home, which is great. Or they could just be influencers online and make a lot of money. So at the end of the day, I'm just saying, you know, Teresa has probably done quite a bit for her kids. And just like having the name like Judice, you know, these kids practically grew up on television. So everybody knows who they are. And at this point, it's like, yeah, you know, you could get yourself a job. You can pay for your car. Your mom doesn't have to do it for you. I don't. I, be, I don't believe in spoiling your kids. I really don't. I believe that you need to instill some hardworking values in your kids. Or, you know, you know how they say you're not supposed to work hard, you're supposed to work smart. Like, whatever works for you. But in the process of all of that, I think that you don't want to spoil your children. Right? It's like Sting. You know, Sting, I, I, I remember at some point in time, Sting said that... Um, when he dies, he's not going to give any of his fortune to his kids. And I remember people were quite appalled by that. They're just like, what? You're so rich. You're not going to leave anything to your children when you die. And then I can't remember what his explanation was, but I remember having that conversation with a few of my friends back, back in the day. And I said to them, listen, I'm not saying that I agree. And I'm not saying that if I was in Sting's position, that's what I would do. But here's the thing though. Hear me out. I said, although everyone is created equal, not everybody has access to the same opportunities. And at the end of the day, um, can we say that if you are the son or the daughter of, you know, Sting, <laughs> you've had access probably to um, the best education, the best circles, the best of the best, right? So it's like, do you really need your parents' fortune on top of that to make it further in life? It's almost like you've had way more opportunities than the average person or access. So at the end of the day, do you still need that person's fortune to make things happen for you, right? And if the answer to that question is yes, well, I don't know. You know, I'm just saying, I don't know. Maybe something's not working. So although I know he caught a lot of flack for that comment a long time ago, Sting, I think I understood where he was coming from when he said this. But, you know, at the end of the day, I would just say, Gia, you know, you're old enough. You get involved in, you know, a doll's conversation. You can pay for your own car. <laughs> you get involved in adult drama. You can pay for your own car, you know, and your own schooling. Mommy can help you a little bit, but you got to do the work as well, right? So anyways, that's for that. Um, another thing, because people have asked me, um, what do I think of uh, Teresa's cooking channel? And um, to be quite honest with you guys, I was, you know, I watched a few episodes. I, I'm not really like into it, right? Because I find there's so many different cooking channels. But I do believe that she looks absolutely amazing. Her kitchen looks stunning. And I know that Teresa, you know, she can cook. I have all of her cookbooks from back in the day. I have them all, every single one of them. The only thing for me is that I'm just not interested in watching people trying to teach me how to make meatballs or like chicken parm. I find that we have done this before. We know the recipe, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like it doesn't matter how many times someone's going to show you, this is how I make my meatballs. My meatballs are the best, right? At the end of the day, you're always going to like your mother or your grandmother's meatballs the best. It's just like lasagna. I always said this and because, you know, guys, I'm a foodie. So I've always said this. If I had a restaurant, I would never have meatballs or a lasagna on the menu. I would never have that. Because at the end of the day, everybody always claims that their meatballs or lasagna is the best. 
right? And then you taste it and you're like, oh, it's good. But in your mind, you're thinking my mom's is better or my grandma's lasagna is the best or my, you know, my, my, my Nona's meatballs are the best. So I really don't think that we need another meatball recipe or another lasagna recipe. That's just my opinion, right? Maybe some people think that we need to watch this for another, like, and I'm not just talking about Teresa. I'm talking about everyone these days that has like a cooking show. They all want to show you how to make meatballs. So I'm just kind of like ready for the next recipe. Like, I don't know, like show me how to make like something a little bit more intricate. Like how about like an osobuco, right? That's good. You know, it, and, and it seems like there's a lot to it, but it's a very simple dish. But at the end of the day, yeah, I would watch that. I want to see, show me, how do you make an osobuco, right? Or how about, um, I don't know, like some polenta with gorgonzola cheese. I, I can never say that word, guys, like that, that cheese, you know, the very strong cheese. I love it with wild mushrooms. That's another one, right? I'm just saying, or like a branzino, not just like always meatballs, right? That's just my opinion. But other than that, I think that she looks great. I'm happy that she's doing that on YouTube. And so is Caroline. And, you know, I'm ready for the next recipe. Yeah, just so, in, you know, wrapping up on the subject of children and kids and all of that and spoiling your kids. I think that Teresa is a fantastic mom. There's nothing to say uh, about that. She is amazing and she does everything for her children but even for mine you know like you know how everybody has like a like a youtube premium account you know i have a premium account as well but uh, whenever my kids want to watch something on youtube i know ne i never log into my premium account because I, I used to do it and then they started becoming impatient they're just like oh so many commercials so many this so many that <laughs> So then I started like, hmm, you know what? I'm going to teach them a little lesson a little bit. So I started logging out of my premium YouTube account and let them watch things on YouTube, like with the commercials. And then um, obviously they know how to work the mouse or the tablet and they say, you know, they, they know how to skip. So then um, I don't allow them to watch on a tablet. I give them like an actual like computer with a mouse. And then I'm just like, okay, I'm going to put the mouse away. And then, you know, you're going to have to listen to the commercial. And then they're just like so many commercials. And I'm like, guys, it's okay, you know, but now they don't even complain about it anymore. They just wait. They don't even skip it. They just wait. It's just like little things, right? I just, I just don't really believe in like you get everything instantly. So I have to do like these little things to teach them patience that's my trick what's your trick I would be curious to know so some people have asked me you know after my podcast last week some people asked me to clarify a few things so here's the thing about uh, Tia your moms are watching so by no way shape or form do I believe that those messages from Louis were doctored by Tia. Okay, I don't believe that Tia um, created those messages or anything. Like I've seen a lot of stuff online. That's not my take. That was never my take. Um, my actual question to Tia was, uh, okay, well, you know, that's not a really nice text message from him, obviously, but um, how do how do we know that it's him for real and it's not someone trying to impersonate him and you know she just responded she said well there's actually there's no way for me to know that like i don't have solid proof that it's not a person trying to impersonate louis that it's not a hack but i feel in my heart that it's him so based on that and like I said, guys, I, you know, I want to believe that it's Louis. I'm just saying just because it's Louis, I'm still going to extend, I'm still going to give him the benefit of the doubt and just be like, until we can actually say, yes, it was his account. It was him. I'm just going to be like, okay, well, she received some messages from an account that appears to be from Louis Ruelas, Ruelas and, uh, that's all, you know, I'm just waiting to hear more on that, but Speaking of Tia, or your moms are watching, there's a lot of stuff going on right now online. And there's, uh, you know, a lot of chatter, not always nice, not always kind. And now certain things have come up 
where people think that, okay, we're going to start talking about, you know, um, mistakes that she's made, like financially, like, I don't know, like some 30 years ago or something like that. I always thought that, um, you know, podcasters, bloggers, uh, writers, uh, people in that space, I always thought that the focus was supposed to be on the celebrities, on the public figures, on the reality TV um, um, celebrities or bravo celebrities. I never thought that the focus was supposed to be on the bloggers themselves, right? On the actual bloggers or YouTubers or Instagram influencers or, you know, like I, I, I don't understand what is going on right now, but it seems to be a little too toxic, right? People may agree with Tia, uh, people may like what she does, um, and people may not like it at all, but at the end of the day, trying to just like dig up some stuff on her and see if she has like, you know, good credit or if she had filed at some point in time in her life or if she did this or did that. It's like Tia is not on TV. I, I understand some people might say, well, Stella, you know, she gets involved within the drama. So it's only fair, I guess. I, I kind of understand that, but at the same time, Tia is not on TV. She's not a celebrity. She may have worked with people in the industry, but she's not on the show herself. So I don't really understand why people are trying to dig up her skeletons and uh, trying to do the same thing for Dana as well, right? Um, some people don't like her. Some people really love her. I personally have said multiple times on my channel that I like Dana Wilkie. She makes me laugh. I like her content. And I like the fact that, you know, she goes the extra mile to 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 deliver uh, different stuff depending on, you know, which audience she's servicing. Like, you know, if it's YouTube content, you have like some sort of, like you have something different. And if it's her Patreon, it's different, her Instagram, you know. So she keeps it fresh. And at the end of the day, it's just gossip. I'm not trying to learn anything about, you know, we're not saving the children here. It's like we're talking about drama and gossip. So it's really not that serious. And it's like supposed to be entertaining. But lately, I don't know. It doesn't really feel that entertaining. It feels like sometimes biased, sometimes toxic, uh, and sometimes just downright mean-spirited, you know? Um, for example, you know, I, I speak about him all the time, like ex-producer of R-H-O-N-J, and I, I like him. I listen to, you know, his podcast. I like the way he talks. I think it's funny, right? I don't agree with everything that he says. Like lately, especially, he's been kind of a little off on uh, his predictions. But anyways... Um, I still appreciate what he does, but at the end of the day, lately, it seems like he's campaigning so hard, you know, to get Melissa and Joe fired from the show. And he keeps on saying, I have nothing against Melissa, you know, but Teresa is New Jersey. Teresa is New Jersey. And it's like, you know, it's true. Teresa is New Jersey, but at this point, so is Melissa. So is Joe. They're New Jersey too. And it's just been kind of like funny to see him not only using his platform, but going on other people's platform to just kind of just, you know, spread that message. And it's almost like at this point, that's really what he wants to happen. And I'm just like, what is going on here? Like you're going hard for your girl. And he says all the time, you know, I know her. We're very close. She's a friend, a longtime friend and all of that, you know, like she has to stay and the other one has to go. Listen, I said to myself, if I was ever in a bind, that's the kind of friend that I would want because it's like, I've never seen anything like it. It's like you are writing so hard for this friend, for your close friend, although you were not invited to her wedding, <laughs> you know, Chanel High End made it before <laughs> Sorry, she did like, you know, come on, like, how close can you be? How close can you be? You claim that you're so close to this person. She didn't even think of inviting you to her wedding. She forgot you were not on the list. 
she actually talked about that on his podcast. It was like, oh my God, like I regret, I didn't even think about it. You know, I didn't invite you. So how close are they really? You know, at this point, it's like, listen, you stated your, your opinion, you said it. It's like, okay, she's my favorite, whatever. But you don't have to campaign so hard to try to get Melissa and Joe like off the show. It's like, why can't they just coexist? Why can't they just be on the same platform and, you know, Melissa does her thing with Joe and she films when they say full cast, everybody's there. And then, you know, why does she have to be off the show? Like neither one of them have to be off, off the show. They can both be on the show, right? They may just not need to film like together, like in a personal setting sort of thing, right? But anyways, I just find it kind of funny because lately it's a lot of that. It's a lot of like, Melissa needs to be off. Like she needs to be off. It's like, why? I've been watching and I've been rewatching guys um, the past seasons. And it's like the first season, I think it was only six episodes. And if you really think about it, the first season, it was really about Caroline Manzo, Dina and Danielle and Jacqueline. That was really the drama that was at the center of New Jersey for those six episodes. Uh, I'm sorry to say it, but Teresa was not the breakout star, like until she flipped the table, right? But Teresa was just kind of like in the background, like I said, you know, funny friend, stage mom, you know, um, super hands-on mom, but it was mostly Caroline and, and Dina and their relationship with Danielle, right? Who was the outsider in that family. So then when Teresa flipped the table, which was a moment that was set up by Carlos King, by the way, he put the, like he gave the book to Danielle under the table. Danielle grabbed the book, put it on the table and said, pay attention, please. Teresa flipped and flipped the table. So Danielle set up that moment for Teresa to become the breakout star of New Jersey season one. And then season two, I'm sorry to say, but it was kind of like the same thing. Like, obviously, Teresa was given a little bit more of an important role season two. But if you really watch, it was still about Caroline and Jacqueline and Danielle. It was still like Danielle made the show again. It was like Danielle filming with the Danny guy and Kim G and the Hells Angels and all of that and the posh fashion show. Like the drama revolved around Danielle, like Teresa had started having um, some legal issues like with the bankruptcy. But we have to be honest, the drama was really around Danielle, right? At that point. And again, Teresa started chasing Danielle at the country club. And that was like an epic moment. You know, she was like basically just like running after her. Then Ashley pulled Danielle's hair. And then at the reunion, what made Teresa flip again? That moment, again, happened because of Danielle Staub, right? Danielle said, did you acknowledge your nephew? Did you? And then Teresa flipped. At that point in time, the producers or Andy probably didn't even know like the level of animosity that Teresa had with her family, because all it took was for Danielle to say, did you acknowledge your nephew? Did you? And then Teresa said, what? You are a piece of this, a piece of that. And you know, you can fill in the blanks, but Danielle was the one who kind of set up Teresa to be the star at the reunion season two. So come season three, Melissa and Joe, they come on the show and it's been this drama ever since, ever since season three. So at the end of the day, like, you know, you could be a Teresa fan, you could be a Melissa fan, but you have to give the girl some credit too. You got to give Melissa some credit. You can't just say that she brings nothing to the show because to be honest with you guys, and I've said this so many times, okay? Teresa was my favorite housewife on New Jersey. Okay. When Melissa joined the show season three, I did not like her. Right. And even when I'm rewatching the episodes, I don't like her season three. I don't like her season four. I don't like her season five. I started liking her around season six, but Teresa was still my main. 
right? She was my main up until season 12. Even season 12, I still like Teresa. But I, you know, I, I found it a little, I found it a little bit more difficult to defend her around season 12. So for me, you know, I'm a late bloomer. It took me a while. It took me a while. But season 13, I, I, I don't like this Teresa. I don't. I'm sorry. I, I can't honestly say that I can back up her actions when it comes to everything. I can't. And people will say, oh, well, you know, you don't see the truth. Like, Melissa is so fake. At this point in time, I don't care. I don't care if she is acting for the cameras, Melissa, right? I don't care if she is causing trouble behind the scenes, but on camera, she's actually trying to not fight with her family. I prefer that than them actually fighting. Like what we've seen last season was, it, it was just horrible. It was heartbreaking. It was sad. I prefer when Teresa and Melissa are not fighting to tell you the truth, you know? And maybe that's the reason why like season six is the season that, you know, Teresa and, and uh, Melissa, they're, they're getting along, right? They basically have um, a pretty good relationship, I would say, at that point. And then Teresa goes away, comes back. There's a little bit of tension still with Melissa, but they kind of like clear the air in the kitchen at Christmas. And then they, they support each other. You know, they, they support each other that entire season. Although, you know, Kim D makes an appearance and says it's fake. They don't really like each other, but I think they just like agreed to let bygones be bygones. And you know what? She was right in her statement, Kim D, when she said this. But at the end of the day, I preferred that. I preferred to see them together like a united front, um, you know, it was kind of like Teresa and Melissa against the world, as opposed to them trying to tear each other apart in front of the world, right? And that's why I said, I don't care if it's fake, right? So at the end of the day, you know, Teresa likes to say, I did not want this. I didn't want my family to come on the show to try to destroy me. And I believe her. I believe that she's right when she's saying that. The only thing is, it takes two to tango. It takes two to argue. So it is also your choice to continue to fight with family on TV. And there's just a different way around it. You know, she doesn't have to keep on saying how shitty her sister-in-law and Joe are on TV constantly, seasons after season, right? So that's kind of funny to me because recently, well, recently, it was just, what, last week? Siggy. The SIG is back. She was back on that podcast. You know, I've said um, multiple times, I listen to their podcast. I enjoy the banter between the two cousins. I think they, they do a great job. So there's no bashing here. I just don't agree with a lot of stuff that they say and their position. So, you know, that's fine. But I still like what they do. So I was just like, oh, Siggy is on the podcast. Let me listen to what she has to say. And I was just like, wow, okay, she hasn't changed really, right? She's still like super outspoken, bubbly, um, a little much, but you know, she's intense, right? That's Siggy. So um, Siggy spilled a lot of tea during that uh, interview. Not that I'm really surprised to tell you the truth, because I find that her description or depiction of Margaret was quite accurate. That's that's always kind of like the, um, the image of Margaret that I had in my own head, right? I've said it multiple times. I think she has great one-liners. She can be funny at time. Uh, but at the same time, she is not my favorite housewife. Although I do not want her to um, be fired, right? That's not what I want. Um, like, I still think that she is valuable to the to the show. And yes, you know, I would agree. People say we know nothing about Margaret and her family life. I would say, well, that's on them, right? It's do your homework. Like, I'm sure there's stuff that you can bring on TV or, you know, that you want to talk about, right? So Margaret is just really doing a very good job at keeping her personal stuff away from, you know, the the reality show. And that's kind of funny because 
And it's not to talk about like people's skeletons or stuff like that, but it's almost like Margaret was so smart at the beginning when she joined the show. She was just like, you know what? I'm going to admit to my infidelity and I'm going to talk about this and people are going to have the feeling that I'm so honest and so forthright. And, um, they're just going to assume that there's nothing left that I just like talk about my stuff. I'm going to talk about my lawsuits and I'm going to talk about my infidelity and I'm going to say that my children and, and I don't have a relationship and then people are not really going to look into me like that. Right. So I think it has worked for her over time. The fact that she came out and just spilled so much about herself that other people just assumed that there was nothing left. But there might be. There might be more, right? There might be more. They just never thought of like trying to bring it out, right, to uh, to the public. And that's the reason why um, whenever they mention Laura, right? Margaret seemed a little nervous. And I've said that if you listen to the podcast, I've said this quite extensively. I've said Margaret looks nervous this season. She is not her normal self. Usually she's quick. Well, she was quick, but usually she's quick and she is like ready, but she seemed a little bit kind of nervous last season. Just, you know, based on my own opinion, like she looked a little nervous, maybe because of Laura. It's possible, right? Because that was like a 40-year friendship at the end of the day. So I'm sure Laura knows a lot. But anyways, we'll see. We'll see how things transpire for next season. One thing about the Siggy interview that I have to say, you know, Siggy, she gave a lot of props to Teresa, right? I'm not surprised. You could tell that she was, you know, genuinely her friend when she was on the show she was super excited to meet Teresa and she's like oh my gosh I can get enough of you I am Melania Melania is me you know like Siggy she's like that she seems she strikes me as the kind of person that tries to make you feel comfortable right from the get-go so anyways <clears throat> I was happy to see that she was still very supportive of Teresa but there's one thing that I don't particularly agree with and uh no fault to Siggy, but when people say, you know, she is so authentic, I don't think that that's actually what they're trying to say, you know? I think I think when they say, you know, she doesn't think before she speaks, that's more accurate, right? She just says everything that is on her mind that is more accurate, right? And she doesn't really care to massage it for you and just to present it on a nice platter. Like, you know, she's kind of blunt that way, Teresa. But at the same time, I don't know if authentic is the real word word, because if you watch the show, we can kind of like, you know, single out a few like instances where Teresa was not authentic, like quite a bit, actually. You know what I mean? And I'm just saying like, it's kind of like, yes, I say this, but then I get caught. And then the fans, the viewers realize that I don't actually mean that, right? I don't mean, I don't want them there, but they're not supposed to know, but I don't want them there, right? And the more I think about it, guys, because um, we've talked about this extensively um, on the podcast, but you know how we talked about Danielle being set up? Danielle didn't seem to realize at the time when Melissa told her that, yeah, you like at the finale that she was set up, she didn't, she didn't get it then. She didn't get it when Andy said to her at the reunion, don't you feel set up? And she's like, no, I don't want to feel like I was set up, that I was a pawn or whatever. So I'm starting to believe that it's very possible that Teresa said to Jen, her good friend, Jen, um, because it's, it's clear to me now that Teresa did not want Joe and Melissa to come to the wedding after they had, you know, Joe by himself come to their house and try to expose Melissa as a cheater. Right. So, um, if you recall, Melissa said that she had known of this rumor for at least six months, right? So they all knew, but I think Teresa was nervous. I think Teresa was thinking, you know what, my brother 
he's so mad because I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to invite him to go to this. He refuses. I'm telling him to come to the housewarming. He refuses. I'm doing this. Like I'm doing that. He says no to everything. So she was probably thinking in her mind, this guy, he's so mad at me. He will explode at my wedding. And at this point I'm paying for the entire cast of Cirque du Soleil to come. I don't want him to mess up my wedding. So I have to find a creative way to have him stay back back. Right. And then I think Jennifer was the enforcer of that. Maybe the conversation, and I'm just speculating guys. I'm not actually saying that this happened. Right. Um, nor that they will ever admit to that, even if I was right. Right. But I feel like Jennifer might've been like, you know, Teresa's wind up doll, you know, do you recall that moment where Bethany, <laughs> in the housewives in New York said to Alex McCord, I can't remember what she said, but she basically told her, you need to tell Jill this, right? And then Alex walked into the party and she broke out in hives and she just said, Bethany is done, right? It was like a mission kind of. So I feel like maybe Jennifer was like, um, supposed to execute that mission for Teresa. She was just like, you know what? We're going to tell Danielle and we're going to make it look like, um, Melissa doesn't know this. So Danielle can go and deliver this at the finale. Right. And now for sure, for sure, your brother, Melissa will be done. They'll be so upset that you try to expose them as, you know, they, you try to expose his wife as a cheater that they won't come to your wedding. Problem solved. You can thank me later, you know? <laughs> I think that's what happened now. I really do. I think that that's what happened. If you ask me for my opinion when it comes to, th to, to this, I think that that's what happened when it comes to Jen, Teresa, and Danielle. I still believe that Danielle did not know this. Like she had no knowledge of this. She was being played and didn't know. I believe that she was really honest when she's like, oh my gosh, you know, they're talking about Melissa. Like she's kind of like my friend. She's been good to me. I want to tell her. But I think there was a, a secret arrangement between Teresa and Jen where, you know, there was a mission that needed to be had. Right. So that's my take on that when it comes to this. But back to the Siggy interview. Siggy also had some kind words to say about Melissa. And you know what? I was so happy to see that because there's no reason to be nasty. She said, Melissa, she is the most professional housewife. She comes in, she works, she does the scene, and then she leaves the scene and that's it. It's done. It's done for the day. You know, she doesn't really get involved with all the rest of the stuff. Right. I was happy that Siggy said that because it's like, you know what? You can have Teresa's back, but you could also have Melissa's back. So I think if one thing, I think that Siggy did a very good job at doing that for the both of them. Right. And you can see like <laughs> they were kind of just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whenever they're like, saying like Siggy was saying something positive about Melissa it was kind of just like oh no we can't acknowledge that we can't like say oh really she is like that hey hmm surprising I I would have never known I would have never thought of that right they're just kind of like okay moving along like we're not gonna give her a compliment like we can't do this like moving along or I don't agree I don't think you're right when it comes to this it's kind of funny like sometimes I wonder it starts to feel a little personal, you know, it's like me. I say it all the time. I don't know any of these people. I don't, I just watch the show. Right. And that's the reason why I don't really care to dig up their stuff either, because it's like, if they talk about it on the show, then we'll talk about it. But if it's just stuff hearsay, like, unless you're really hurting somebody, right there's really no need for me to do that. You know what I mean? I, I don't like, I, I don't play in that pool right so so yeah I, I was kind of surprised i was like do they know them personally like has melissa or joe ever done anything to them personally to have such a kind of like standoffish 
stance when it comes to that. It's okay. It's fine. You could just be like, for example, right, guys? I say it all the time. Margaret is not my favorite housewife. Although I still think that the show needs her, she's not my favorite housewife. Not at all. A lot of people love Margaret, and that's okay, right? But at the end of the day, let's say if I was interested in having someone on the show, right? Um, if Margaret wanted to do the show, I would have her. Why wouldn't have Mar? Why wouldn't have Margaret on the show? Why wouldn't I? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like I don't have any personal. Uh, beef with Margaret, you know, I may not always agree with how she delivers things on the show or what she does or, you know, her calculated ways. But at the end of the day, why wouldn't I ha have her on the show? It's not deep like that for me. You know what I mean? And it's like, I would have her and I would have Melissa and I would have Teresa, right? If I was interested in interviewing housewives, which I'm not, to be honest with you, because I find they don't really give you much um, when you listen to their interviews. Like there's a lot that they cannot say, right? They're like, oh, well, you kind of have to watch the show or you have to wait for next season. So it's like, you know, what's the point, right? Uh, I think it's more interesting to have them it would be more interesting to have them um, if they were no longer on the show, right? Just like Siggy, right? Siggy is not on the show. She can talk now. There's things that she could say. And it seems like the network doesn't really like her because of her political views. And I know, like, you know, people will say to me, well, you know, she is a this supporter. That's where, like, honestly, guys, I've said this before in the podcast. You can go back to my episodes. I do not care about that. Siggy is allowed to have her political views. She can cheer for him if she wants to. She can choose to, to say this is true. This is not true. This is who I like. This is what he's doing for me, my people. Like she has the right to do that. And I don't believe that people deserve or need to be canceled because of their political affiliation. I don't believe in that, right? I don't. I know people would prefer that I say, well, how can you? I, I, I don't get involved when it comes to this. I actually want to learn and hear what you have to say when it comes to your, we're not going to do it here. This is not the right forum to do this, but I'm saying, you know, on a personal level, if you're a friend and I have like friends from different walk of life, um, you know, we can coexist and we can talk and we can learn, you know, and that's it. I don't have a problem with Siggy and who she decides to support politically. I'm just going to say that. So, you know, it's kind of like the same thing for, you know, that guy, Jim Marchese. And not to say that he was great on the show. Like he, like he was a disaster, like <laughs> on social media. I'm not going to lie. And on the show, he was rude. I'm not going to lie. But sometimes I, f I feel like they're giving him less of a chance, not just because of his character or how he was portrayed on the show, but more because of who he decides to support outside, like, you know, on his off time, right? And if people are just like, well, you're not liberal enough, then they have a problem with you. Uh, oh, you're, you know, you, you are a Bible thumper or like you believe in God in those values, they have a problem with you. You know what I mean? It's like, at the end of the day, don't you... Don't you want to know what people actually stand for and believe in? Because a lot of people, and like, take this for a fact, okay? A lot of people will say to you that they're so liberal, that they love everything, and that, you know, they have a problem with nothing. And that's what, that's their public stance. But if you were to spend more time with them, you know, in a personal setting, you would learn a lot of different stuff. And that might surprise you. And I'm even talking about some of these housewives that everybody think that, oh my God, they're so this, they're so that. How do you know? How do you know? At the end of the day, you don't go and vote with them. You're not like, you know, spying on the ballot. You don't know who they're voting for. The only difference is that Jim tells you or Siggy tells you. But there might be a lot of them that would do the same thing, right? 
At some point in time, I think um, just before Teresa was about to go to, to, to prison, they asked her because, you know, she did Celebrity Apprentice. So people asked her, they said, hey, are you going to vote for Trump? And she said, yeah, I would definitely vote for him. And I don't know. I don't know if Teresa still can vote. But at the time, um, I don't think she could because she was about to go to prison. But anyways, um, she was saying, yeah, I would definitely vote for him. I would definitely vote for him. She didn't, she, you know, nobody was on her case because of that, because she said that she would vote for Donald Trump. So why is everybody making a big deal about Siggy, right? I have to kind of think about that a little. So I don't know if you guys saw the Frank Catania interview with uh, Tamara and Teddy, and um, it was a great interview. Like it was short and Frank was talking and he was basically saying to everyone what Kempire has been saying all of these years, don't be team anyone, be team you. So that's what he said. He said this to Tamara. He said, I'm not team Teresa. I'm not team Melissa. I'm not team Joe. I'm team Frank, right? And Tamara loved it so much. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to steal this. I'm going to start saying this. I love this so much. Like, I'm going to start saying I'm team Tamara. Thought it was funny. I was just like, Campire has been saying this. <laughs> love Campire, by the way. So anyways, one thing that I thought was really interesting was the fact that I didn't know if Frank... Um, realize that like himself because I did pick up on that on Teresa's last podcast remember last week we talked about this Teresa um on her podcast with Melissa Fister she said I can't remember what the comment was verbatim but she basically said um that Frank Catania was kind of thirsty and he's willing to do certain things just so he could stay on the show because you know he doesn't really have an organic connection to Dolores now that Dolores is with Polly so um she basically kind of just like you know threw some shade at Frank Catania by saying like yes he's willing to do these things um that are hurtful to me and Louie just so he could stay on the show and have a storyline right so um I didn't know if Frank, like, would have, like, you know, picked up on that, but he did, and he said that, uh, I was actually surprised, he said that um, he has never said anything negative about Teresa in all of the years that he has filmed for Housewives, and that is true right? I was trying to think like in my, in my head and I was just like, no, Frank, he doesn't really do that. Like he doesn't really talk negatively about people like that. Right. He's always like the peacemaker. So he, he was just kind of like, you know, I, and I continue to do that. Like, I'm not like out there trying to bash uh, Teresa or trying to bash Louie. I'm just speaking facts or trying to talk about facts here, but I, I'm not campaigning to, you know, smear them or to say negative stuff about them. Although it doesn't seem like Teresa is paying him the same respect. That's what he's saying. He's saying like, it's, he, he has heard of her saying negative things about him lately and, which he doesn't really appreciate, right? But if you follow the blogs or, you know, other YouTubers or podcasters, people have alluded that there might be some tension between Dolores Catania, Teresa, and Frank, and that that whole ordeal at the reunion about Frankie was, you know, like had kind of put a wedge between them. So anyways, to make a long story short, but I remember when I was listening to Teresa's podcast with Melissa Feaster, uh, when, when Teresa made that comment to Melissa that Frank was thirsty, she didn't use the word thirsty, but you know, you, you know what I'm saying. So basically when she was saying this, Melissa Feaster was quite quiet and you know, like they don't film their podcast. Like you don't see their faces. It's all audio, but I wish I was a little fly on the wall because Honestly, I think she might have, I don't know, just my own speculation on that, but I think she might have been a little uncomfortable when Teresa said this about Frank and uncomfortable maybe in the sense that maybe she was sad. She was sad about that, right? Because if you follow um, Melissa Feaster's other podcast, Side Piece, you will know that she has had Frank Catania on her podcast quite a few times. I think like two or three times, like at least two, right? 
So, and Melissa, she sounds like she, like on her other podcast side piece that she loves Frank Catania. She's just like, oh my God, legend, love you, love your energy. You're great. And you know, if you actually listen to the interviews uh, between the both of them, they have like a great chemistry together. Like who doesn't get along with Frank really? I'm pretty sure everybody does. Right. But they had like a very good synergy and chemistry. Right. So I think Melissa... My own, like my own opinion, I think she was probably saddened to hear that, you know, Teresa and Frank might not be so close anymore. And that's kind of sad too, because if you recall that season where Teresa was doing her bodybuilding competition, um, you know, her body was looking great. Like that's what she was trying to do. She was trying to win. And then she started with her um, two trainers. And then after that, kind of like, you know, Frank picked up and helped her. And he was like, you know, helping her like do the poses and get more defined. And, you know, like it was great to see them together. Right. So and even to see little Frankie was part of the same competition. It was great. So at the end of the day, I don't know um, how deep the issue is now between Frank and Teresa. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't just lose or continue to lose everyone that has wanted something good for you at some point in time in your life. You know, you have to be able to just be like, those are my people. Like, you know, we may not like each other all the time. I may not be happy with you at this point in time because you said this about my husband or whatever. Right. But to lose or cut off people completely, people that have been there for you, I think it's a bit harsh, right? I hope that, you know, in her quest of wanting to be right and to support Louis, which she should do because that's her husband, uh, I just hope that she doesn't end up like completely alone, Teresa, you know, that she doesn't alienate herself from practically everybody, right? from her past, not just her brother and Melissa, like I'm talking about everyone, right? And it's it sure seems that way, right? So I don't know. Anyway, so speaking of interviews, there's another character and I call him a character because, you know, he is quite the character and we have said his name so many times this season, Bo Deedle. So Bo Deedle, Bo Deedle. Bo, <laughs> Uncle Bo, <laughs> he did an interview. Um, I think, you know, it's all over the internet. One thing that I would say uh, is I was surprised not to see Kim as part of this interview because, you know, when the whole thing exploded at the finale where Louie was saying, Bo Deedle, Bo Deedle, my friend of 25 years, Bo Deedle, the like the best detective in the world, right, or in the country, uh, has brought me information on every single one of you. The next time that they actually did a show, Kim knew who Bo was. She actually said, she kind of vouched for him too a little bit. She said, you need to put respect on his name because, you know, people say they don't know who he is and um, like he's just like this washed up guy and she's like, no, like he has credentials. Like there's a lot of things about Bo that people don't know about. Like, you know, it's not just movies and just this cop guy, right? Like she was saying, I know him, like, you know, we have been in the same circles, like we're kind of like, you know, acquaintances or that kind of stuff, right? So I was surprised not to see her there because she definitely knew who he was. Like, I know a lot of people had to Google who he was, um, unless you really followed him and his like career like that and his like career in movies. And, you know, he's also like a political commenter at times. You could see him on... Um, you know, depending on what you choose to, which network you choose to watch, but he has appeared on those quite extensively over the years. And, you know, just to say he's not the most polit politically correct guy. He doesn't really claim to be. I don't care. Like, I don't think that he actually cares to appear that way to people. But anyways, he gave that interview and whether you like him or not, you can't deny that he's had like a crazy life, right? And he seems like he's done like 
things that are just insane, right? Um, definitely has a lot of stories to tell. And sometimes it was probably a little hard to ask like questions that had to do with the show and the whole PI situation and having the cast investigated, although he did cover that quite a bit and said at some point in time that, which I kind of find funny because he was saying, Louis never hired me or I didn't do it for free. But then he said, I also have to be careful the way I phrase it. I say it like this for a reason. And I've, I have not investigated housewives, but I'm not going to say if he hired me for other things, right? He did say that. And he actually said it. Like he says, I'm saying this in this way, in this manner, like I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically the gist of it. He's saying, I'm saying it this way for a reason, which I thought was kind of funny, like a little bit of a giveaway, right? So he might say he didn't hire him or he didn't do it for free. And at this point, like, I don't really care. But at the end of the day, I do recall that at the end, like at the season's finale, when Louis was talking to Dolores, talking to Teresa and Jen, he said, I did not get to where I am here like by accident obviously i know people and i surround myself with like the best of the best right or that pe with people that can get me there so i thought that that statement made by louis was quite interesting because to me what it implies is that he has a lot of connection and he connections or he knows people that can give him the stuff that he wants at least that's the way I take it. And I know that people like to discuss how rich Louis is or, you know, is he rich? Is he worth that much? Is he like, you know, I don't know. I haven't checked his bank account and I don't really care. But one thing that I could say that I feel in my gut is that he has probably some sort of like connections that can give him access to stuff, right? that he has that kind of like power, like, you know, connection is power. Like some people say, you know, it's actually more powerful than money. And I believe that. Right. And if you caught Frank on two T's in a pod, he was kind of saying that too. And he was saying that, you know, he admitted to, uh, being, I think arrested back in the eighties with a certain substance. We're not going to say the word because it's not just going to be on my pod being, it's going to be on, on YouTube, but you know what I'm talking about. And he admitted to that and said that he got it expunged. And although I have seen um, the, um, you know, like I've seen the gossip about that years ago, way before Louie, I've seen it on the internet, right? Um, Frank said that he got that expunged out of his record. So you can't technically really find it anymore and all that stuff. And I guess there's other stuff too, but Basically, he was be, he, he was saying that for Louis to be able to find or Louis or anyone to be able to find that information today because it's no longer on the Internet. You need to have some sort of connections to something or somewhere. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what Frank meant by that. Like, I think I understand. But the fact that I had seen these things online prior to even knowing who Louis was, and I'm talking about years ago, like, I'm not really sure what's the big secret here, because I remember seeing that and reading that, like, of the, the arrest back in the 80s. So anyways, Bodito. So definitely an interesting character. He has done a lot of things in his life. And um, one thing that I did find very uh, interesting is the fact that, you know, he is like a retired police or cop or homicide uh, officer. And then at some point in time, he did this and that and the other. But he also has this love for the organized crime family. Uh, he talks in a very kind of like... How can I say this? Like he seems to have this, you know, when someone like this nostalgia, he has like nostalgia of, uh, 
the way things used to be or I guess how it used to work at some point in time. And to be honest with you, I have met people that are exactly like that too. Uh, when I travel in the United States and, you know, you go to places like Vegas or, you know, and you go to casinos and then you get to speak to the workers and the workers that were there for like a long time and they will all tell you like behind closed doors, if you talk to them, that things were like way better when it was owned by the mob and that every Everybody was getting paid and like even the small worker at the front desk was making a lot of money and bringing a lot of money in. So a lot of people have like that nostalgia from the past, right? So he talks about that uh, on the interview and he kind of says that he refers one family and says that that's his favorite like one of the fives, like one of his favorite family, if you know what I mean, <laughs> which I thought was an interesting statement for an ex-cop but anyways nevertheless uh he was talking about that and he was saying that he has like a huge dislike for rats right and people that are informants and all of that stuff so i thought that was interesting uh one thing i did not know about him i knew he was a new yorker obviously but i did not know that he grew up uh around uh gaudy and he mentioned another person i'm not sure if i caught the name correctly but i think he said scarpa and uh, if I'm wrong, please, guys, let me know. But I think he said Scarpa. And to the best of my knowledge, I think Scarpa was he an informant at some point in time or something like that. Uh, if we're talking about the correct person, like I'm talking about the guy that lost his eye, like in a brutal fight or something like that. And then um, was an informant all along and that kind of stuff. So anyways, um there's an interview about him, about Bolito, like an interview, not this interview from last week, but uh, there's an interview where he says, uh, actually, was it on Fox? I can't remember which network, but you can find it on YouTube. And it was like a younger Tucker Carlson talking with him. And um, at this point, um, there was like a picture of Bodito, like I didn't even know it was him because it was young and he was like without his shirt and he was lifting iron or it's like a picture of him building um, the original World Trade Center, right? And he, like, you know, the guy talks about like how many push-ups and sit-ups he did. So he was obviously very buff and jacked and uh, he was saying that the person that got him the job was that guy because um, Tucker asked him, hey, how did you get this job? Like he started as a laborer a long time, a long time ago before I became a cop and then eventually worked his way up and became an Iron Man. And there was a picture of him like working on the World Trade Center. So anyways, he said that that job, he got that job from one of the uh, organized crime guys. I believe that Scarpa guy. He said, oh, that's very easy. I will tell you who gave me that job. Organized crime. They did. They had the construction back then. That's how I got it. So I thought that was a little funny. But anyways, uh, definitely um, a character. He has a lot of stories to tell. One thing that I have noticed over the years, uh, not over the years, like over the course of the past few weeks, I've noticed a shift, right? I've noticed a shift. Uh, people are like to are allowed to like who they like, whoever they want. They're allowed to like a person one week and then the next week, maybe they don't vouch for that person as much. But uh, just because we've been talking a lot about private investigators this past season and, you know, people trying to dig dirt on other people and people trying to find your skeletons. And, you know, guys, I've said it. I think that, you know, the focus should really be on the housewives, not so much on the rest. Right. Um, I don't understand why fans think that they should take it upon themselves to try to find information on bloggers or writers or YouTubers. I never thought that was part of like the gig, you know, I thought the gig was housewives and celebrities. But anyways, I'm just wondering at this point if, you know, when people are 
changing their mind or changing their stance and like out of the sudden they used to not be so much for um you know that camp and now out of the sudden they're like completely like you know different and they're just like I like them and I respect what they do and it's kind of just like you didn't really um you didn't really witness like a natural progression and like where you're just like oh I see this coming it kind of just happened like sort of abruptly I can't help to wonder if people are being authentic to themselves um, and it's just something that is like happening naturally for them or is there like someone behind that is pulling their strings and telling them that they need to behave on their podcast or on YouTube or on their blogs uh, or else, right? I can't help to think that. I don't know why because I know it would be easier to just say, well, obviously this person or that person is getting paid by them. That's why they have that stance. I don't think that everyone is getting paid by celebrities. Like a lot of them don't have as much money as people think right definitely not like the the housewives right and no shade to them by saying that i'm just saying they just don't they just don't have that kind of money to just paying be paying people left and right like that but i just can't help to wonder like is it really um organic is it really authentic or is it like is it because somebody might feel threatened at some point in time right because some people have alluded that um and i'm not speaking about like one particular person or one particular character of the show but i'm just saying like some people have said that they have received threats or like you know some sort of like intimidation tactics so i don't know like i definitely notice a shift i see that some people don't feel so comfortable stating their opinion as much on social media people that are in that space that are supposed to be telling you what they think by fear of whatever right so i don't know something to think about anyways uh, I just wanted to leave you guys by saying almost 500 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you everyone again for joining the channel, for the people that are um, subscribing to my Podbean and my YouTube and the follows on Instagram. And it's like people would just be like, oh my God, just 500. I'll just be like, yeah, you know, you have to understand one thing. And that's the reason why I do not insult my listeners. I do not insult the people that are part of my community, my channel, my following. Because I remember not so long ago, I only had two or three followers. And it was, you know, a little bit like discouraging. And you're like thinking, okay, you know, like I wonder what it feels like to even have five. And then eventually you get your five. And then you're thinking, my five they became my 10 and then my 10 became my 20 and then every single week i just kept on doing it for you over and over again and then i just watched this number grow uh over time and now i have like close to 500 subscribers on youtube so i have to tell you um and i said this at the very beginning do not make fun of people that have small followings okay because the small following is the inspiration for the bigger following. So you guys are important to me. I read your comments. I interact with you. Thank you so much for subscribing. And as always, be a fan, not fanatical. Ciao.